0: We've got this. Hey yo, 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 we've got this. Hey yo, hey yo, hey yo, hey yo, hey yo. we've got this. We're finding a way. Welcome back, friends, to the Cervical Wellness Podcast. This is Danielle Randall and. Today, I am going to be talking to you about something that I have been a little more vocal about over the last few months, particularly in the last few weeks, especially as I prepare to host The Other Side with my husband, John, the man's experience of the cervical healing journey. And what it is I want to speak to you about today is my opinion (laughs) around the importance of men knowing and understanding and being included in the conversation of women's health. I've been in the women's health field for about seven years, um, officially with cervical wellness as a official business for six years. But I really dipped my toe in about seven years ago and just, you know, educating myself teaching workshops locally and talking to women who are in the women's health field, going to different women's circles, going to different women's health workshops and experiences. And, and what I have noticed in those seven years is that there is a huge disparity between women's health education for women and then just women's health education for the general population, men and children included. Now, I know that in the women's health field, that for many of us who have had pelvic unwellness diagnoses, trauma, um, you know, all the things that lead us onto a cervical healing path or a pelvic well-being path, that oftentimes we don't want the men included because oftentimes... A lot of our hardships have been done at the hands of men in our lives, whether that's through sexual experiencing or our male gynecologist or experiencing misogyny or, um, you know, learning, you know, learning about the history of modern gynecology. If you listen to um, episode two, you know, a lot of the issues that we experience as women in our deep pelvis unfortunately are because of men and I know that to be true because I mean I'm a woman and I've lived it but what I am calling for and what I want to discuss here is the importance of including the men in our lives like our partners our husbands maybe even our brothers, our fathers, if we feel safe to, into our conversations. So when I was healing my cervix all those years ago, and before I actually decided to step on a cervical healing journey and heal my cervix myself, I didn't tell any man anything, especially my father, especially my partner. I mean, we'll share this in the other side on this coming Saturday. But I didn't even tell John, you know, for the first six months of our relationship that I had HPV. And um, we didn't discuss my birth control, we didn't discuss anything having to do with my pelvic healing journey, even though I was dealing with a lot at the time. And my father didn't know anything about what I was undergoing at all. Now, it was only once I decided to go on the cervical healing journey and learn all I could and figure out all I could, did I start to open up. With John, it was a little different because we were dating and you know, there's some things that he needed to know, like that I had HPV and was dealing with cervical dysplasia, but he didn't have any idea what that meant. He was just like, oh, you have something wrong? What does that even mean? And so, you know, once I started healing, doing the work, that's when I started opening up more. And I started telling my father about what was going on. I was telling my guy friends what was going on. And Nine times out of 10, friends, they were interested. They are like, oh, like, whoa, well, what does that mean? Like, what is a cervix? Like, what do you mean? Like, what do you have to actually undergo when you're in a pap smear? What do you actually have to deal with when you um, have a colposcopy done? And I began to realize that... <laughs> they're actually completely clueless about what we as women experience when it comes to our pelvic health because it is a completely different experience for them clearly. I mean everything is on the outside. They can see if anything's wrong. You know there's like kind of a cultural obsession with the phallus and you know they're touching it all the time and you know there's conversations about oh my balls and I, you know it's just like i feel like it's very upfront center but for us women like everything is inside everything is hidden and it's like in the dark and we don't talk about it and we don't we're not like culturally acceptable to like touch it and touch ourselves and and so if we as women are this dissociated from our pelvis disconnected if we knew so little about our genitalia our reproductive system how it works all these things you can only imagine how literally and utterly clueless the men are And when I began to talk to the men in my life about what I was experiencing, this fact became glaringly obvious. And obviously, particularly with my partner, John. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I remember teaching him that when we made love when we had sex that when he was hitting the end like when he couldn't go in any further that that is where my cervix was and he's like oh like what does that mean what is the cervix I'm like okay you are coming into contact with this and you have no idea what you're coming into contact with and so I had to teach him I showed him photos, I talked to him about the sensations, I talked to him about the anatomy and physiology of my inner reproductive system, about my womb, about my ovaries. I taught him about my fertility cycle, my menstrual cycle. And it was completely mind-blowing for him to find out that we women can only get pregnant several days out of the month. And I remember him being so innocent and him looking at me and he'd be like, well, why then do you, why then are they asking you to, why, why do you take birth control then? Like if that, if you can only get pregnant a few days out of the month, like why, why do you take hormonal birth control? And I'm like, John, that's a very good question. And it was through the education process of me educating him about my body and about my physiology and also about my unique body about what my body liked about like the t- like you know maybe my breasts don't like to be touched in the same way that the other women you were with in the past liked or maybe my you know vulva likes to be approached in a different way his mind I think I've already said this, his mind was literally blown with the nuances, with the detail and with also recognizing how him not knowing this information, how that led him to cause harm in the past. And this is something that him and I have talked about and that I've talked about with other men as I've taught them about this is they're like, wow. I wish I would have known this when I was a teenager or when I was in my early twenties, because now that I think about it, I can see how I caused harm or like I hurt the women I was with, or like I I didn't know and I didn't understand. So yeah, I just asked them to go on the pill and I asked them to take this birth control because I didn't want to use a condom. But now that I know that if, you know, I'm aware of her cycle, that we can, you know, we can make do with things. So there is a huge issue around men not being included in women's health conversations. And I think back to being in elementary school and having in third or fourth grade, you know, the very first sex ed conversations, and I remember it was like the first one was to for the girls to learn about becoming a woman, you know, be like starting menstruation and all this stuff. And they asked all the boys to leave. And I think back, I'm like, why did they ask all the boys to leave from from that education? Like, why shouldn't the guys know about how a period works? Why shouldn't they know about you know, the breast tissue and the clitoris and, you know, how female arousal works. And I can see now that, you know, from a very young age, this segregation of the sexes occurs, which then leads to a lifetime of ignorance on behalf of the men, leading to a cascade effect of unintentional harm perpetuated on the women in their lives the harm being you know pain through sex or you know um you know demanding isn't the right word but wanting to penetrate her before she's actually physically aroused this can be harm in the way of dismissing the experience of menstruation and how depleting it is on the female body. This can be, um, you know, passing off the responsibility of fertility onto, you know, the woman and just having her go on hormonal birth control because he doesn't want to wear a condom during the time that she's fertile. All of these things have led to women bearing the burden of all of the ignorance of the men in their lives because men haven't been included in the conversation. When I started talking to my father, who my father was born in 1959, he's a baby boomer, you know, didn't know a gosh darn thing about female reproductive experiences beyond you know maybe what he learned in school or what my mom talked to him about i started taught teaching my dad about the cervix and about female anatomy and he came to my book launch where i talked all about my story He started listening to me talk to my mom and sister about what I was learning and what I was teaching women. He started asking me questions about the plight of women's reproductive health issues that are rampant around the world. And friends, through all of this, my father became (laughs) a cervix advocate. He's the one who built me my first Yoni Steam Box. He's the one who asks me about my collaboration with Proffer Aid International, which is an organization in Ghana to help women and children in their um, reproductive health experiences. And my he will know he won't outwardly say, Danelle, thank you for teaching me about this. But I know for a fact that my inclusion of him in the conversations around Women's health helped him. Now, going back to John. John is a man who has been open to learning. And after years and years of educating him and showing him images and, you know, working within my own body too, like, oh, can you feel that? Can you see that? He is now a person that tells his friends. Hey, like his friends who are dating, hey, you're dating this woman? Okay, do you know about the cervix? Do you know about female arousal and the process it takes? Do you know about fertility and how women can only get pregnant for a certain amount of days out of the month? Like you, she's not can't get pregnant every single day. And now he is educating the men in his life about women's health, about women's reproductive information. And this is the power of including men in the conversation is, I believe that most men, obviously, these are blanket statements. And I know that there are some not good characters out in the world. And we can just all agree that I know that. And so like, the things that I'm saying, like doesn't apply to every single man in the world. Okay, I get that. But I will say that most men that I have come into contact with, with this information, have taken it and have desired to utilize it to protect the women of their life, that they have allowed it to reshape their perspective on the women in their life and have used it as a way to be... uh, better men for the women in their lives. Another story example I have is um, one time I was a guest teacher at the Global Oregon Eclipse Gathering, which was a festival in 2017 to witness the total solar eclipse in Oregon, USA. And I taught a workshop called Cervical Wellness, a sex that you never received, thinking that it was going to be mostly women. Well, I would say it was actually 50-50, like women bringing their male partners to this workshop. And like the as I taught the workshop, the women were crying with the revelation of you know what I was sharing and the men were riveted awestruck. And I had men come up to me afterwards, and they're like, like, Danelle, my gosh, thank you so much for sharing this. Like, I had no idea anything about the female pelvis, let alone the cervix. And now I get to make love with my wife or partner, girlfriend, in a different way, or I get to support her with with awareness and education as she moves through healing the abnormal pap smears. And I had the same exact thing happen to me on Sonoma State University, which is um, in Rohnert Park, California. And I taught a workshop um, called the female sexual experience. I know, the sex that he never received. And I was going to share about the importance of cervical awareness when having sex like on this college campus and the importance of female like giving time for female arousal for the safety and well-being of the cervix because okay I'll just drop this little info bomb here if you don't already know but if you don't already know that when we with a cervix are just sitting here like you listening to this podcast episode the cervix sits pretty low in the vaginal canal like The body doesn't think that there's going to be any sort of penetration happening. We're just chilling. But as the arousal process starts, what actually happens is the ligaments holding up the womb start to flex and they pull the womb up into the body cavity, which pulls the cervix high into the vaginal canal to create space in the vaginal canal for penetration to happen. Because if, you know, we've all had the experience of someone penetrating us before we were actually aroused and cervix getting hit and it hurts and we might dissociate then and we might actually not enjoy what we are experiencing because cervix keeps getting hit. Now, Through the arousal process, cervix goes high up in the vaginal canal, six to eight inches of space is created so that cervix is in a position to not be damaged, to have those very delicate cells on the face of the cervix in the transformation zone to not be damaged, and also to be in the proper position for pleasure, for cervical pleasure, for cervical orgasm to occur. No, at the Sonoma State University workshop, I taught. I kid you not, friends, it was ninety percent men, young men. They were like aged like nineteen to twenty-two, <laughs> and I was shocked. I was literally shocked. And I asked them, I was like, "What made you want to come to this?" Because I, I promoted it for women about like, hey, you need to know about this as you are engaging in sex and you need to know about, um, you know, cervical awareness and how to take care of yourself. And I asked one of the young men and he's like, well, I read the description and I realized I didn't know anything about this and I have sex with, he's like, I have sex with girls and so I need to know about this. <laughs> and so that was really That was a really strong indicator for me about the desire of men to be included in these conversations, that they want to know, that, in fact, they need to know, because if they don't know, then they don't know, and they don't know how they might be harming the women they're engaging with, how they might be dismissing a, a real lived experience that the the woman in their life or the women in their lives that um are having so i call for all of my clients every single person who's ever been in a program of mine or a one-on-one consultation or even a one-on-one six-month mentorship i call for them to include their partners in their journey if they are partnered with a man. If they are partnered with a man, they must share and invite the men into their cervical healing experience or into their pelvic healing experience. You know, let it be so now that whenever I say cervical healing, it could just be pelvic healing in general because, you know, cervix is at the center of the pelvis. And so, you know, when we work with cervix, we're actually working with the entirety of the the female pelvis. That is my belief. That is my perspective. So let this be an invitation for you to invite a man in your life to learn, to know more, for you to share, to welcome them into the mystery of our pelvic experience, because it is such a mystery to them. They have literally nothing in their body that equates to a cervix, to the infradian rhythm, which is like our cyclical nature of our hormones and our menstruation and bleeding. They don't go through an experience of you know, starting to bleed, living, you know, decades bleeding and then going through menopause. Like they don't have any of this experience in their body. They're quite linear. Yes, they have a circadian rhythm and their hormones do go through a, a daily cycle. But our female physiology and physiological experiences are a great vast unknown for them and how can we expect the men to stand up for the women unless they know what the heck it is they're standing up for? Not to mention that they were born through a woman and so it behooves them to understand and know where it is they come from. But unfortunately, Modern sex education in school is horrible. Just as I mentioned how when I was in third and fourth grade, they took all the boys out when they were talking to all the girls about, you know, women's reproductive development. It's not their fault because they were never told that it is important to know about. But I am calling for us as women to invite them into the knowing and understanding and to let them know that it is okay for them to be curious, for them to ask questions, for them to want to know about it. That it's not taboo, that it's not gross or what, you know, whatever story contemporary culture has told them about it. No, we can be the ones to invite them into curiosity and into the protector that many of them want to be for us and for our bodies. That is an inherent inbuilt mechanism for men, And I'm just gonna say it is to protect the women and children. And how can they protect us? How can they know what they're protecting unless they know what the heck it is that is going on within our bodies? And I think that the harm and atrocities that have happened over the centuries, partly, you know, a figment of it has to do with the fact of the fear of the unknown, that the men just simply did not understand what the heck was happening within the women. And so it made them afraid. And the way to dispel fear is to shed light in the darkness and the way we can shed light is to invite them into the conversations into sharing with them what we learn into letting them allowing them to learn through our bodies which is something that John and I are going to talk about on the other side is our experience of sex as I was healing my cervix myself and there's a lot to it We went through many, many, many cycles of (laughs) um, chaos, I'll just say it as that, but together we learned how to move through the process and he learned how to be with me on my pelvic healing journey because I invited him in, I welcomed into my learning, I welcomed him into the great revealing of what it is my body was telling me through my diagnosis. And because of which, not only did our intimacy deepen, not only has he become the most incredible protector of me and my body, like when I'm when I'm on my period, like the first two, three days, he's like, don't you know, you can lay down. It's fine. I know it's hard. I know this is an intense time. I'll cook or don't worry about it. Like the other day, I was on day one of my cycle and he literally cleaned the whole house. Not to say that mention clean, but what I'm saying is like, it wasn't even an issue. He just did it because he knew that I, he, he understood what I was going through to the best of his ability because I told him, I taught him, we talked about it. I shared with him resources and information The final little story I will tell is I was a guest on a podcast called the Meat Mafia podcast. These two men, very sweet men, (laughs) and they they invited me to come on to talk about cervical wellness and cervical healing, but the whole podcast episode ended up me teaching them about female hormones. (laughs) And like we had a video going for the zoom and literally their eyes are just big and they and they looked at me and they're like we didn't know any of this and we didn't expect this to go cuz this podcast is usually for men but i think this is a really important conversation to share you know teaching them about the, like the hormonal the cyclical hormonal experience of women and how libido changes throughout the hormonal experience and you know the seasons of the cycle and it's it was just oh, it was just so heartwarming to feel their desire and interest so these are just you know four or five examples of men in my life who because i was open to sharing with them and i invited them into the conversation in some way by creating an opening for them to step into, they were eager to learn. They were eager to to experience my wisdom and my knowledge about the female body. And I know for a fact, if you're listening to this podcast, that you too have wisdom and knowledge about the female body that you could share with a man in your life. And let it be so here and now that every single man that you invite into the pelvic experience with you, whether that's just through story sharing or information sharing, or if you do have a male partner or a husband or a boyfriend or a lover, that you are giving them the gift of revelation about a great mystery. A great mystery for the men of the world to be welcomed into this mystery for them to then be able to stand up for us in a new and different way. And I truly believe, friends, that the more men that know about this, the more likely we will see the changes that we wish to see in the field of women's reproductive health, of women's health in general, of even gynecology of sexual health, all of these things. So get out there and share some information with the men in your life. You won't regret it, I hope. And I'm just going to do one more little plug for the other side, the man's experience of the cervical healing journey. It's $33 with my husband, John, and him and I are going to be discussing and sharing with you what it was like for him to hold space for the three plus, actually more like we were together for like six years as I had cervical dysplasia, six, five, six years. And we are going to be also answering any questions that you have about being in relationship while healing the cervix or any um, issue of the pelvis. This won't be specifically like tell me how to heal XYZ, but really about the relating part, how to be in relationship with a man while doing this. And I'm inviting John to share a lot of the wisdom there because it's one thing for me to share about it but it's a whole other thing to actually hear it straight from the horse's mouth you know so that is on saturday this saturday january 28th and if you're listening to this podcast afterwards and you want to get in on it i'm sure i will be having a replay available So anyway, friends, I hope that this conversation with just me, but what I'm bringing to you uh, is thought provoking. And it is my hope that we can broaden the scope of the conversation to include all humans of the earth into the women's health conversation because women's health is humanity's health. And we can't just segregate it to the women who need to know the information for health reasons, but we need to share it widely to everybody because the health of the female pelvis is the health of our human culture. And I stand by that firmly and completely. All righty, friends, I hope you have a good day and I will talk to you next time. Hey, friends, I made a little bit of a mistake. The episode about history of modern gynecology is actually episode three, not episode two. So I just wanted to put in that little note. Okay, now I'm headed off. Have a good day. Thank you so much for joining us today, friends. If you want more cervical wellness information and content, check out my website, cervicalwellness.com or give us a follow over on Instagram at cervical wellness. Please share this episode if it felt right and true for you. And until next time, friends, remember, we've got this.